I'm an alcoholic and my name is Graham and um, kind of amazes me when anybody says they like want to listen to anything I have to say um, actually let me put this timer on because even though this is not my favorite thing to do um, you get me talking about myself and I will go way longer than I'm supposed to so um, I'll get the uh, formalities out of the way um, my sobriety dates January 15th of 2016 I have a sponsor um, who's been through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous he took me through the steps and um, you know I do my best to uh, bring you know bring other guys through through the steps and 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 just be uh, somebody that can I guess be the hand of AA if somebody's ready to uh, to reach out and grab that you know and um, by far, I don't do anything perfect. The only thing I've done perfect for six and a half years is I haven't picked up a drink, I haven't picked up um, many of the other substances that I enjoyed. I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm the only one here that didn't just drink alcohol, but you know, I'll try my best to kind of stick to that just because it is technically an AA meeting, but you know, there was many other things in my story as well. And um, you know, I'm not originally from Florida. I won't stick like my childhood for too long. Um, but it is kind of hard to fit, you know, my, my entire life in a 45 minutes or into a nutshell. But uh, I will say, you know, I grew up in a, in a middle class family, um, you know, material world. I had pretty much everything that uh, I asked for. I definitely had everything I needed. Um, you know, my, my family had a, had a freight transportation uh, business that my great granddad had started. So, you know, my mom was, was a boss there. And, um, financially pretty well off uh, I was surrounded in my neighborhood with like a bunch of kids my age dude I, I had I had plenty of uh, friends growing up and but what you know hindsight's 2020 but alcoholism and addiction runs rampant through both sides of my family uh, for the most part it, it was kind of hidden from me I didn't know my dad suffered from it I didn't know that his father and his mother suffered from it I don't even remember his parents because they both died when I was pretty young um, and then on my mom's side, it's it's all throughout the family, man. Uh, aunts and uncles I never met that died of heroin overdoses in Baltimore City. Um, just a lot of it. And with that came a lot of the a lot of the underlying causes and conditions. That's what I call them now. It's not what I knew, but just like what I grew up around. Just a lot of um, just a very hectic household. You know, my parents ended up having a pretty ugly divorce uh, due to. You know, my dad's, he put down, you know, he his thing was cocaine and drinking and he put that down, kind of white knuckled it, but a lot of other things flared up that caused my parents to have a pretty ugly uh, divorce. And I was kind of in the middle of that, me and my older sister. And, um, you know, my mom ended up remarrying to a man that I believe, you know, I was told to never qualify anybody else as an alcoholic, but, uh, you know, I believe he probably, uh, probably could have benefited from the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and he ended up passing away due to some health complications due to his drinking and and he was the real uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type of alcoholic so I never really knew what type of environment I was coming home to um, so what I will say is uh, by 12 years old you know when I had my first drink because I'm a late bloomer um, I was full of, I was definitely a kid that was full of a lot of fear, um, a lot of resentment. I kind of had a chip on my shoulder 
I felt I had been done wrong. I had a lot of trust issues when it came to authority. And um, I just didn't like feel okay in my skin, man, which I don't think a lot of kids at 12, 13, year old, 13 years old do. Uh, but it seemed to be, I, I was just that kid that was always in my head um, and nothing really seemed to get me out of it. And I ended up having a drink with a couple friends of mine, man. Um, I was really into music and we were supposed to be having band practice. And, uh, you know, we ended up getting into my friend's parents' liquor cabinet. And all I remember is I, I really uh, liked the way it made me feel, you know. Um, did I, you know, could you have told me at that time, like, what was really going or that I'm an alcoholic? I don't even know if I was at that time. All I know is I enjoyed the way it made me feel. And um, I wanted that as often as possible. Uh, you know, years later, looking back, I didn't seem to have the same uh, reaction that my friends did at the time. And all my friends were getting into the same stuff at the same time as I was, obviously. And, uh, you know, to sum it up, like I will, I'll just say I had like a lot of fun. I don't know if everybody says that when they, when they speak, but like, it would have been weird if it was like terrible and I kept doing it. But for a long time, man, I didn't really have uh, a lot of consequences and, uh, you know, drinking and, and doing all the other things I eventually did was, was fun. And that's why I liked the way it made me feel. And I, that's why I continued to do it, man. Um, that now, obviously that's not where it ended up. That's far from where it ended up the last day that I, that I drank and the last day that I used, but I guess we got some time and we'll get there. But, uh, you know, pretty quickly, I will say, it became almost like an obsession. Like, I, I was counting down the days and the minutes until I was going to be able to drink again. But I was definitely like a, a weekend warrior. And my mom worked late. I already kind of mentioned my my stepfather. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't the strictest person. He really didn't give a shit what I was doing. So, I, I, you know, I got away with a lot more than I should have for a lot longer than I should have. But... Um, you know, I, I definitely had the household at a young age where my friends could come over and we could kind of do whatever and get away with it. And um, we had a lot of fun for a while, man. And, you know, even before consequences, what, what I can say is I didn't really seem to have like an off switch. Um, I definitely drank. It seemed like I could drink or just would drink um, more than my friends. I... You know whatever I mean we were children basically so it's not like we had just like copious amounts of whatever we were doing and I always remember like trying to figure out how I could get the most um, so I could basically get as messed up as possible and like doing that math in my head at a young age and and just not seeming to have an off switch and when we would run out like my friends uh, from what I can remember it's just like yeah it's a bummer but like whatever we could take it or leave it and I would almost go into like panic mode like who do we have to call and what do we have to do and they're like dude we're like 14 years old like it's three in the morning there's nothing and there's nothing we can do right now to get any more and um and it was like that like pretty early on you know and uh by by the end of middle school actually going into high school it was like a, at that point like an everyday thing man I was uh you know he kind of preface and let me know I can kind of talk about whatever but right after I started drinking I, I, I saw it I wanted to smoke weed I wanted to know what that was like and um, you know by high school I was a daily smoker and I, I would drink all weekend and 
sometimes I would drink throughout the week and, 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 and whatever, but, you know, school came pretty easy to me up to that point um, until, you know, my, my drinking and my, my using started getting in the way of that. And uh, by, you know, I was halfway through high school and I just decided I would rather just drop out, start working for my family's business so I can make easy money and uh, and just do whatever I wanted, really. And eventually, you know, I, I made it about a year working for my mom and my uncle and, and got fired by, it was essentially my biggest enabler due to my substance use and, and never coming to work on time. I mean, these were characteristics of mine from a very young age, man. I, I would show up late. And, and half the time, like, I had a ride, and I lived with my ride, and I would still somehow uh, miss that, and it, it, it was a whole thing, man. I just was not reliable, and, um, you know, it brought me to eventually getting fired by my own mother, which is not my, not my high, high point in my life, but, um, you know, and then just working, like, odd jobs. I worked with my, my stepdad, and um, the whole time, you know, my drinking and my using was becoming more and more and more of of a chore, you know, and less of, uh, less of the fun, but you couldn't really have told me that at all at the time. Like I, I, I was far from ready to admit that it was like a problem. I just thought sometimes I took it a little too far. Um, sometimes things got a little out of hand, but even, uh, even at like 16, I remember one of my best friends being like, dude, I think you might be the only guy in the world that's like physically addicted to marijuana. I was like, yeah, that's that's cool. I thought that was like a, I wore that as like a badge of honor. But what he really meant was like, you need to be high to like do anything. Uh, you need to be drinking to do anything, and, and it really accompanied accompanied anything I did in my in my daily life, man. And as soon as I woke up, um, I wanted something that was going to alter my like natural state. Um, I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but. Even if I didn't have it, like that, that's what I was thinking is how, how is that going to uh, come about today and how am I going to make that happen? And, and um, you know, obviously it wasn't, uh, I wasn't physically dependent, you know, by 16, 17 and 18, but I, I, I drank into blackouts. I always, whenever I set out to, um, to have fun and to party, I seemed to go overboard and consume more than I had set out to. And hindsight that was a lot different than a lot of my friends man. Um, I didn't seem to have control over the amount I was consuming um, for a lot of people that seems to that can come later but but that is a characteristic at the end of the day of alcoholics is uh, is at some point they seem to lose control over the amount they're consuming and that that's the first thing I can see is that in my history is like that was that was clearly there um, from as early as probably 14 and 15 years old which is is crazy and, and I was far from ever be, you could not have told me I had a problem at that point and even if somebody sat down they broke down the big book to me and, and said like I see these signs in you and it I see it all throughout your family so you're probably more predisposed to, to this happening um, I would have been like thank you for the information and uh, I think I'm good though and I think I got this and uh, you know like I said I, I started working like odd jobs at like 18 and um, wound up working at my best friend's dad's bar, which is like a great place for, kind of forgot to mention that, but it's a great place for like an alcoholic and an addict to work. I loved that job for a while. 
Um, it was also like the reason I could easily obtain alcohol at a young age because he owned that from when we were like 10. Um, he was really into free child labor, so he'd have me and my buddy like cooking chicken tenders for all the guys in the bar and shit. And uh, you know, instead of babysitting, it's just like, hey, just go play some pool. So um, it's kind of in that environment from a young age, man. But uh, yeah, so once I, I started working there, man. Um, it was slowly becoming harder and harder to, I guess, manage uh, the amount I was consuming off of, uh, you know, what I was making. So obviously, you know, what makes sense is to kind of tap into drinking for free while you work at a bar. Um, he wasn't too fond of that. And, um, you know, eventually I I'm just going to fast forward to, uh, you know, I got into a certain substance that took me down pretty quickly, um, prescription pain medication. And, uh, you know, I ended up stealing a lot from this bar, not only alcohol, but a lot of money. And, you know, one day I was confronted by, by this, this gentleman that owned this bar, man. And uh, he had known me since I was like five years old. And basically it was like, you know, there's a lot of money missing. I have like an idea of who it is. There's two people, one of which is you, and um, I'm really leaning towards it's probably you, and I'm like, no, it's totally not me, man, and uh, at this point, dude, I weigh like 140 pounds, my hair is like down to here, my eyes are sunken into my head, um, anybody that walked into the bar probably could have been like, that's the guy that's stealing your money, but, uh, you know, I'm like, it's, it wasn't me, man, I swear, and, uh, you know, barely like struggling to get a keg out of the walk-in and um that conversation ended with him saying like hey either we can call the police and they can sort this out or we can call your mom and see if you have insurance and maybe get you some help and i was like all right man i guess we can call my mom and uh you know that that was my first time where i was introduced to a lot of these things i was 21 years old actually I know I'm kind of jumping around a little bit but I was 21 the first time I went to treatment I was barely old enough to drink legally and um, you know I, I'm a pretty good like client in environments like this you know I don't like harass the women and I get up when I'm supposed to and I make my bed and I do really good when somebody tells me what to do apparently um, and when I choose to listen to that and I went to all the groups and I, I did my best to participate, even though I really didn't like talking. I like, I still, I'm six and a half years sober. I don't like this all that much. Uh, but I was, uh, you know, in that regard, I was a really good client, but I was far from sold on the steps, which they started, they introduced me to. I was far from sold that I was powerless over alcohol. Um, I had it set in my mind at that time that a certain substance was my problem and there was nothing you could really tell me otherwise and, and I knew when I got out, I knew I was going to stay for my 28 days, might do a little bit of, a little bit of outpatient, a couple groups maybe if I feel like I need them and uh, I might go to a couple meetings but like I know I'm going to drink, I know I'm going to smoke weed and I know it's going to work out just fine. And. Uh, Bro, I had everybody, obviously not the people that work there, but I had all the other clients, like, full agreement with me, like, Graham, you're a great guy. Uh, you clearly, you know, shit just got a little out of hand. And um, you've got 
you've got knowledge now, you know what you need to do, bud. And I remember my coin out and everybody's like, you got this. If anybody has this, you got it, man. And I uh, was like, fuck yeah, dude. And then um, within like three days, I was back to doing exactly what I was doing before I wound up there, man. And um, I can tell you that that was not the plan. I did not plan on uh, going back to, at this point, I had upgraded to a, you know, a stronger opiate. And I knew, like I said, like when the time is ready, I'll have a couple beers with my boys. It was, I'd never just had a couple beers with my friends. But, like, I had this idea in my head of what it was going to be. And, you know, smoke a couple bowls. And um, that's not what it was. And then as soon as I had, had done that, I went right back to doing things I said I wasn't going to do. And, um, you know, with that came, at this point, I, I was fresh out of treatment. I didn't have a job yet. I already owed somebody a lot of money. And uh, my, my addiction just picked right back up where I'd left off, man. And um, I started working again and, and you know I had all these grandiose ideas I'm gonna pay uh, my buddies I'm gonna pay this money I took back I'm gonna I'm gonna make all these relationships right because I'd started kind of burning bridges at this point and uh, so I wound up in that treatment center a year later the same exact week just a couple days apart and uh, within that year I had done a lot more damage to my body I uh, just physically I was even worse things already weren't looking that good prior and uh, things looked a lot worse and I burned a lot more bridges um, pretty much the last the last family member that would like let me into their house was my grandmother and um, you know I, I, just a couple other nevers that had happened um, I, I crashed a car because I fell asleep behind the wheel um, I had robbed a lot of my family blind I just put myself in a lot of situations that I never would have seen myself in Otherwise, I, I hung out with a lot of people that I never would have saw myself with. Um, and clearly, it wasn't Graham calling the shots anymore, but um, I was still extremely delusional. I still had alcoholic and, and uh, you know, addictive thinking, and it was definitely not me behind the wheel, but not that it excuses anything I did. It's just, it's just reality. Um, you know, when I, when, I <laughs> when I pick up, I cannot safely, I uh, cannot cannot safely, I have no idea what I'm going to do at the end of the day. Like I, I, for years, I like to think that, you know, I always had this line drawn in the sand. Like, well, I won't go there. But it always eventually moved. And, and the insanity of, of my disease is like, even though I moved it a million times, every time I moved it, I believed I wouldn't cross it again. And, uh, and that went on for a while, man. But So I wound up back in treatment. Um, I moved in with my, my grandma, my grandmother prior. Uh, my granddad was still alive at the time, and he, he, his health was really poor. And uh, at this at this point, I was like, I'm gonna move a couple counties away from like where I'm doing all this dirt, and um, you know, all my friends that I drink with, all my friends I use with. I'm gonna get out of this area. I'm gonna move in with my grandma. I'm gonna take you know a month off of I don't know what because I was wasn't really working that much, but. Uh, I'm gonna get some like good food in me because you you know grandma's always want to feed you and um, I'm gonna put some weight on she could clearly use the help uh, you know I'll take a week so I start physically feeling better and like I meant it with all of my heart like that's what I was gonna do and that is not what happened and again like I said um, you could have 
I, I truly believe you could have hooked me up to a lie detector test. I don't know how you know, like well those things actually fucking work, but uh, let's just say they worked spot on, and I would have passed. And um, it still didn't go the way that, that I knew it was going to go. And uh, eventually, uh, I ended up robbing her blind and just causing a lot more stress um, in her life when I had myself convinced I was going to go there um, and, it, and it was going to be good for both of us. And I ended up walking into an intervention. I don't know, you know, I'm sure somebody here has experienced one of those. And if not, I'm sure you know what they look like. You know, there's a TV show about it. But, uh, you know, I walked into one of those with my family and um, that ended with me back in treatment. And at this point, no friend was letting me sleep on the couch anymore. And uh, no family was letting me into the house. And, and I chose my one of two options to go into sober living. And one of them was Florida and I got deported by my family here and uh, you know that was the end of 2012 and I told you my sobriety date so it doesn't take a mathematician to figure out that I did not stay sober after that um, and I, I'll just kind of sum, sum up the couple times I uh, went through treatment here and went through IOPs here and uh, went to meetings, but I was basically wallpaper in those meetings because nobody knew my name. I never raised my hand. I was silent. I was completely silent. And, uh, you know, if you called on me, I would politely pass. And, uh, you know, if you were, like, going to be one of those guys that, like, waits for the newcomer outside, like, you're not going to stop me. I'm going to run straight to the van and hop in the van and wait for him to take me back to my house. And um, I still had different ideas of how I was going to make this work, man. If I get a certain amount of time sober in this uh, in this halfway house and I complete this IOP program, and, and I, I work in treatment. This is not like a dig at treatment at all. Um, but, you know, if I complete this IOP and I get a year sober and, and I start working again and, and I make things right with my family and, and I get a good girl and, you know, I get my life back on track, like, things are going to be okay. And I had all these, these ideas of how things were going to work, man, and... Uh, you know, there was always an expiration date on my sobriety. Um, little did I know, I, I wasn't really listening, or if I was, I just hadn't reached that point internally where I was ready to admit to myself what that first step was really saying. And that took a lot for me. Um, you know, I've heard, at times I've said, the first step is the easy step. And, um, you know, I hear it in, room, in the rooms all the time. I hear it in meetings, like, oh, the first step was easy for me. Um, the first step was by far the hardest one because it took a lot of pain. It took a lot of me trying this my own way. It took a lot of me bashing my head against the wall repeatedly until I threw my hands up and surrendered and said, like, I really don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know, I've had, I've had reason to stay sober for way longer than I've been sober. I've had consequences that, that would have led a normal, uh, you know, hard drinker or somebody that's, like, showing signs of this I've literally seen people like start experiencing some sort of consequences and then just stop and moderate their drinking, stop and moderate their using. Why that doesn't make sense to me is because that's not me. Um, as much as for the longest time I didn't want to admit it, but um, I would go periods living in sober living where I didn't think about drinking, I didn't think about using. If I did think about it, it passed. I got through it and I would start thinking like, see, I think I'm making they put it in the book, like I'm making too big of a deal of like a small thing. And um, it, it was always just insidiously working against me in my own head, man. Um, 
you know, and, and that's what I didn't know. I, I, I was sold on the once I put a drink in me, once I put a substance in me, um, that's where the problem starts. I, I thought that for a long time. I did not realize that I didn't have a solution that was going to keep me from putting that drink into my body, from me picking up that first drink, from me picking up that first whatever the fuck um, you want to fill in there. Because, uh, you know, for a long time, I didn't realize that all that mattered was that one day where I didn't have, that one second where I, I lacked a defense on my own, where I would convince myself to do it. I've had three months sober, I've had six months sober, I've had nine months sober, I've had 15 months sober, and I still picked back up with every reason not to. Um, so that last time, I'll just jump ahead to that, that last time I picked up, um, I had stayed at a sober living for a year. I was going to meetings regularly because they forced me onto a van and brought me to meetings. They brought me to EDI. And uh, I went to Triangle occasionally. If that's if they decided to, you know, get wacky and take me to Triangle. But um, I didn't know anybody outside of my halfway. And uh, ended up meeting this girl who's actually, I'm still with this girl to this day. Um, she's a normal person that just doesn't drink, doesn't smoke weed. She has done these things, but like when she tells me like her stories of partying and she hasn't even really heard like my entire story because a lot of it like starts, for, she, she gets like genuinely sad. Um, Cause she's like, I took ecstasy like twice. And I'm like, in one night? Like, what do you mean dude? And, uh, and uh, she just doesn't understand. But anyway, so I ended up meeting this girl and I, I was working at this great job making more money than I than I had up to this point I wasn't making anything crazy but uh, you know I was basically a child I was a, a baby at like 23 years old so uh, I was working this great job at this call center and um, I ended up moving out of this halfway house moving in with, with my girlfriend and um, you know things went well for for a while and I was talking to a sponsor but I had never really gotten truly honest with him everything was very surface level and uh, you know this guy I don't even know where he is to this day, the guy that was sponsoring me at the time, but you know, he did have over a year sober and, uh, but you know, the key to a good sponsor is a good sponsee. And I, I was not, uh, was not honest with this man at all. And I slowly but surely started cutting away like these barriers I had against drinking and against using it. So I moved out of the sober living. I'm not, um, even though I've, I've drank in sober living before, but at this time, like I, I meant it, I'm not gonna, I'm done and um, slowly like hanging out with her we're not drinking we're not smoking we're not doing anything like how could this be bad would take precedence over me going to a meeting take precedence over um, me possibly you know doing some sort of service work um, I had no you know the spiritual side of this thing at this point I didn't really mention but I wanted nothing to do with that and um, I, I started thinking like again the insidious thought that every alcoholic and every addict has is that you know one day I'll be able to control and enjoy my drinking and I started thinking like a, a beer would sound nice and I, and I went weeks just like thinking about that mind you I, I was never I started drinking when I was 12 years old I was never like oh it's a fucking hard day at work I'm just gonna unwind with a beer dude but like I started concocting this like perfect idea in my head of how things were gonna be again and uh, and then the same thought would come in and I'd be like, look at 
all these places you've been because of your drinking look at all these places you've been because of your using that doesn't make any sense and I just wouldn't do it and you know that went on for for weeks man and, and then eventually the day came where it was like dude I haven't talked to my sponsor in weeks I haven't been to a meeting in weeks I'm not drunk so clearly I have the power now and um, it literally makes no sense and, and that's the scariest thing is it made perfect sense to me at the time and the day before it sounded insane and uh, I pick up a drink and, and it was right off to the races and I made it you know each time my relapses got shorter and shorter and, and um, something was different about this time because uh, I had gotten a lot of things back. I had gotten a lot of the things that I had decided were going to be the solution to my alcoholism. They were going to be the solution to my, my using. And um, just like that, they meant nothing. And um, I picked the drink back up. And just like that, I proved to myself once again that I don't have control uh, once I put that into my body, which eventually led me to realizing that I don't think I had control before I picked up the drink because it made no sense for me to pick it up, yet I still did it. And I had done that, I had done that test, I had, I had worked that thing out thousands of times, and, and I, got, <laughs> I got many different, uh, I guess, different examples, but they all led to the same thing, is that this isn't working for you, this isn't a solution for you anymore. And the, the crazy thing is, is that it wasn't doing what it used to do for me, and I still couldn't stop. It didn't bring me that sense of ease and comfort you know, I got like intoxicated, but uh, it wasn't, it didn't bring me that serenity it used to bring me. It didn't bring me that, that uh, it didn't bring me fun like it did when I, when I was young. It, 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 and it was basically me just doing it all by myself. And very quickly, um, I was lying to the people that I loved. I was lying to the family that you know, I had gotten back because for a while they didn't even want to talk to me. I'd caused a lot of a lot of damage, and um, it started affecting my performance at work. I'm showing up late to work. Pretty much everything that I said it wasn't going to do, it, it, it was. It did within a couple of weeks, man. And uh, you know, I went back to a lot of the same things that I said I was going to never do. And then one night I, I was walking down uh, Olive or like Dixie. I don't know, somewhere over there. I was fucked up and uh, this is why I, where I believe that I'll just say God now but at the time I wouldn't call it I wouldn't have said God but um, I was hit with that sense of like clarity and I, I, I was intoxicated but I was looking for more I was looking to continue my night and I was calling people I knew from the halfway that I knew relapsed and there was three guys I'm like I know that one of these guys will be my savior and um, you know the first one just would not answer at all the second one, well, the third one just wouldn't admit. I can, like, hear it in his voice. Like, I know what it sounds like, but he just won't admit to me that he, he had relapsed. And then uh, the second guy I called was like, you should call your sponsor. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. He's like, all right, well, you should call Jason. It was like the the manager at the halfway house I was at. He's like, he's like, either way, like, I'm not going to help you. You don't really want to do this. You just think you do. Like, I'm fucking miserable. And uh, it was just like... It just didn't make any sense to me, dude. And um, I remember feeling extremely defeated. And then the thought came to me, like, how many times have you said you weren't going to be back here? And, um, and you really meant it. Like, I know I said that 
prior when I was talking about like all the lines I would cross, but all of that went right over my fucking head, dude. Um, up to this point, I could not see that. And I was like, you, you said it was never, you weren't gonna get back here and you've meant it a thousand times, but yet you're fucking here again. Um, and I came to the conclusion all on my own, even though many people have told me that I probably had it in me to get sober at that point, but left to my own devices. Um, I, I wasn't going to know the, the timeline, but left to my own devices. At some point, you are going to get drunk again. You are going to get high again. You are going to pick up again um, because that's what your record shows. And if, like anything, if, I'm, if you look at somebody's record and you just see the same thing over and over again it's easy for like a normal person to be like yeah this is probably going to happen again if you do the same shit and uh for some reason at that moment it just was very clear to me so i called a man <laughs> called a man that i had met in, in a detox that for some reason when he spoke i would listen and um he didn't like didn't take himself too seriously but he, he clearly had some sort of solution um you know i didn't I had a couple sponsors up at this point. I didn't pick him because of the music he listened to. I didn't pick him because he had a cool car or he seemed like really good with girls. It was like this 60-year-old, just weird dude that, uh, <laughs> he's, honestly, he's nuts. But uh, he'd been sober for like 20 years. And when he spoke about how things were, I could relate to that. And I clearly saw that something had changed. Um, and I was like, if you've been sober 20 years, I can't stay... You know, it's almost as long as I've been alive at that point, and um, I made just a decision with myself that I was going to do the things that were suggested for once. Because like I always, I always had like an idea of like I'll do a couple things, but you probably hear that every single share. But um, I, I wasn't saying it to another person. You know, he asked me like, "Are you willing to do these things?" He brought me through the book. He pointed out a few things. Um, kind of made me realize like dude you've never actually worked a program because you've never really worked the steps it says like right when you read how it works these are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery so i thought the program was going to meetings maybe making some coffee um talking with my sponsor and like all those things are good and i do all those things to this day six and a half years over i do all those things but it says the program is working those steps and i, and I never did that so I, I made um, a commitment with myself that I was going to do that to the best of my ability, man. And, and at that point, I had had, unbeknownst to me, and I still went through one, two, and three with him, but I had done, you know, internally, I had some sort of first, second, and third step experience uh, where I, I realized I'm fucked and I'm going to drink again. Um, there seems to be some sort of answer outside of myself. Like, I, I, need, I clearly need something greater than me to restore me to sanity because that, that sanity of the first drink, I, I can't conquer that on my own. And, and I had surrendered and said, I'm willing to take these suggestions for the first time in my life. And uh, I had done all that internally, man. And, um, you know, I started going through this process with, with that man who's, who's still my sponsor today. And, um, you know, I, I didn't mark it on my calendar. I don't know when it happened, but I could tell you before I was even done the steps, um, I, I, I had started I started realizing that something was working, man. Um, I started realizing like weeks were passing where I wasn't thinking about drinking, I wasn't thinking about using. Um, you know, it was it was shortly after my fifth step because I did like as honest of a fourth and fifth step as I could at that point, um, where I felt some sort of some sense of ease and comfort 
it almost had felt like something I had been given when I was like drinking and using all the time. Um, it, which sounds really weird to say, but like I had these brief moments where it was almost just like a little moment to show me something, something is working and you don't really have to understand what it is. Cause I was like really, really against the spirituality, even though I had, you know, it's really big in hallucinogens at one point and I swore I like saw God, but, uh, and I believe there was something out there, but, um, I didn't think it was like something I could develop a relationship with and it has changed uh, drastically from where I started but uh, you know all I needed to do and what it was, exp was explained to me is you just need to make a beginning man like it can meet you wherever the hell you're at right now but you just need to be honest with where you're at right now and move forward um, and it, it, if if I had any other option if I thought there was any other option I probably would have tried something else man I I had just finally given up and clearly there was other things I, I could have tried. I haven't done everything, but at that point I was sold that um, there was a solution in these steps because I, I'd seen people come in that at one point when I was sober and I was like, that dude's fucked. And um, they were still around when I came back and like clearly something had changed for them. And um, I just decided like, why, why couldn't that possibly work for me, man? And, and, and I got to six and seven, I took it four, five, six, and seven, I took a hard look at myself and, and made, um, made a decision to just try to not be that person anymore. That, that's changed a lot since then, but that's what I could kind of wrap my head around at that time. And I made my list. I had a lot, a lot of amends that I needed to make, some financial, some uh, any type of amends you can imagine I needed to make um, to some degree or another. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. And, you know, I, I made an honest... Um, agreement with myself that I was going to do my best to, to do that which which I have which has actually been some of the most some of the like craziest spiritual experiences I've had um, in sobriety have stemmed from me like actually going out and trying to right the wrongs that I've done and um, but then you know I moved on 10 11 and 12 and and learned how to do and practice the rest of those steps the rest of those principles on a daily basis man and I, I've fallen short many 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 times um, but what I, what I can tell you, like, it makes no sense for somebody like me to be sitting here with six and a half years sober. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense for me to be, to be sitting here, um, with the life that I have today. And I did not think that that, I remember going to AA meetings when I, when I was like 20, the first, before I went to treatment, I, I attempted to go to a couple because, um, I'd done some dumb shit my family made me, but I just remember I was like. Now, mind you, only certain things were probably getting through, like, the wall I had built up. But I was like, this is just where, like, people that have legal issues or, like, old dudes that can't drink anymore come and just complain about their problems, right? And complain about the fact they can't drink anymore. And that's, like, really what I thought was going on. Maybe that was what was going on at the meeting I went to. I don't know. But uh, I had this, this idea that that's what this was, man. And, and what was really promised to me was a, a solution. Um... A solution to, to the main problem, the problem that had been there before I, I found a solution in alcohol, before I found a solution in many of the other things that I did, and I found that, you know, like I said, I, I don't know exactly when it happened, and, and if it didn't happen, I, I would not, I would not be here fucking preaching to people that it did. Um, I was just told early on, and, and somebody did this for me, people did this for me. And um, I was told that, that I needed to do it. And, and that's, that's literally why I'm here, because I've been in your guys' seats. And I could easily be in your guys' seats again, um, you know, if I'm lucky. 
but I've experienced like beautiful things in sobriety. I, I have a better relationship with my family than I've ever had. I have a better relationship with my friends and with myself than I've ever had. I, I have a, a two and a half year old daughter who is a beautiful psycho and uh, I even that fear. I, when, I, when I found out my, my girl was pregnant, the first person I called was my sponsor because I was fucking terrified. And I was always a guy that ran from anything that terrified me. And um, all I can say is uh, that um, I've been given something that, that is shown it works with everything, man. I've dealt with many deaths because of this thing. I've, I've dealt with uh, a lot of beautiful things. I've, I've been able to show up and be a son, be a brother, be a friend, be a father. And none of that would have been possible if, um, if I didn't get sober. And at the end of the day, sobriety didn't, didn't seem to be possible if I, if I didn't uh, follow a few easy yet not easy directions. Um, you know, my hat's off to anybody that's, that's getting sober was not only the best thing that I've ever done, but one of the hardest things I've ever done um, because it was basically asking me to give up the one solution, the one thing that had worked so long. And even though it wasn't working anymore, it was all I really knew to walk out into the world basically like naked, like, hey, here's a whole new set of directions for your life. Try to do this now. And um, that is very scary. It, it, it terrified me. So my hat's off to anybody that, that is on this journey, but, but I am just here to tell you that it is possible. Like I, I, I know you hear it all the time. Like if, if I could do it, if I got sober, you could get sober. But like, I really believe that. I really mean that. And I, and I know we're all at different places. And, and that's the beautiful thing about AA is the one thing that binds us as a common problem and a common solution. Um, all the other stuff, not that it doesn't matter, but you know, there's, there's one thing that probably led you guys all here and that has led me here and, and, and before I found a solution to that, I couldn't deal with anything else in my life, man. And that's just a fact. I didn't want to admit that for a long time, but that's just the fact. And, and I did find a solution in these steps and, and it's, it's kept me sober for, uh, for today. Um, and, and that's why I'm here. Hopefully you got something out of that, man. Thanks for having me speak. Thanks for sharing.